This is Morning Edition on NHPR. I'm Rick Ganley, and it's time for the New Hampshire News Recap. Getting into this week's top headlines now. Voters across New Hampshire participated in city elections this week. Republicans in the New Hampshire House proposed new congressional district voting maps. And why has the state's vaccination data been so inaccurate since June? We'll talk about all of that and more now with NHPR's health and equity reporter, Ali Pham, and our senior political reporter, Josh Rogers. Good morning to you both. Good morning. First, uh, let's talk about the city elections just passed, Josh. Can you give us a quick rundown of the results in the mayoral races across the state? Well, it turned out to be a pretty good day for uh, most incumbents running. Uh, Joyce Craig was re-elected mayor of Manchester. Jim Boulay re-elected in Concord. Uh, Andrew Hosmer uh, won in Laconia. Dana Hilliard in Summersworth. Uh, all incumbents, all Democrats. Uh, George Hansel, another incumbent, a Republican, uh, one big and keen and a uh, Daglin McKecker, a Democrat, a first-time candidate for mayor, uh, won election in Portsmouth there. The incumbent, uh, Rick Beckstead, a Republican, had a rough night, was actually bounced from the city council, which means he came in 10th place uh, for the city council. Uh, in Rochester, uh, Paul Callahan, uh, the Republican, won the open seat there. And what about some ballot questions, Josh? I know there was a vote on Keno once again in Portsmouth and another in Nashua on the city's police commission. Uh, no dice for Keno in Portsmouth. Uh, it's the third time uh, Keno has been defeated there, and Nashua voted not to uh, alter its police commission, which uh, is appointed via the governor and council, uh, unique among police commissions in New Hampshire. Um, this proposal would make the commissioner uh, police commissioner appointment through the aldermanic process. Uh, Nashua also uh, adopted sports gaming, a uh, sports book gaming in Nashua. Um, if there's a unified theory about these municipal elections, I don't really have one much for uh, known quantities did pretty well, uh, particularly the incumbent mayors I mentioned. Okay. Ali, let's turn to you. You've been reporting this week on how the state's vaccination data has been inaccurate since June. First off, let's recap why that is that is true and, and what's happening here. Yeah, I mean, so before we hit on the issues here and what's going on, I do want to maybe start with the the silver lining in this, which is it turns out our vaccination rate is actually higher than um, I thought that NHPR had been reporting since we had been using state data. Um, and the state had said that our vaccination rate was around 55% of the total population was fully vaccinated. And it turns out that is um, probably quite a bit higher, closer to 63%. Um, so I will hop into the kind of what's going on here now. And yeah, as you mentioned, this has been going on since June. And there's kind of two uh, reasons for that. The short answer is this: that's when the state of emergency ended. And the kind of longer answer is that we have a new um, underfunded vaccine registry system here in New Hampshire. That's effectively, I mean, working out the kinks in real time and doesn't really have the money right now to fix itself. But but do we know why the state didn't say anything about this earlier? Uh, this has been going on again since June. Yeah, I mean, we, we do not know why they didn't make this clear sooner. I mean, I, I had been emailing them about kind of these, the differences in vaccination rate between their what they were reporting and what the CDC was reporting. Um, and, you know, I mean, they said that they had to figure out what was going on. And um, the, the governor's office, spokesperson for the governor's office said, you know, they started really looking into that in, in September and August. Um, but yeah, un unclear why we didn't hear about it earlier. And, you know, what happened is that when the state of emergency 
ended, one of the consequences was that um, New Hampshire could no longer track vac COVID vaccine information um, without offering people the option to say, to opt out basically, to say, I do not wanna be a part of the state system. And pharmacies who are one of the biggest vaccine providers in New Hampshire um, are a federal provider. And when they're reporting data to the federal government, they don't have to worry about that opt out um, option. And so when the state then had to offer an opt out option and pharmacies were not doing that, the state consequently could no longer migrate vaccine data from pharmacies into its own system. And so we were just missing um, tracking all of those doses. Hmm. Um, and this does really all just come down to the fact that our system is very new and um, the funding to kind of fix this issue was in that $27 million that was rejected. So it's really unclear also when this um, could get fixed. And oh. it will also just take some time to work through as well, even if the money does come through. Well, DHHS Commissioner Laura Shibonet said this week that she thinks the CDC's data is becoming increasingly inaccurate. And this does affect the state's vaccination numbers. What do we know about the spread of COVID in the state? Or do we really have a handle about spread of COVID in the state if we don't know about this data? Yeah. So, I mean, the spread of COVID and community transmission rates is different data, to be clear. Um, obviously, vaccination is an important number to know about. Um, but fortunately, transmission rates are something that we still have a good, a good handle on. But um, what the commissioner was kind of saying and why this is significant is now that the state's vaccination data is inaccurate, we're going to be relying on the CDC for that data in the meantime. And, you know, but some of that vaccination data is kind of inaccurate. Here's Health and Human Services Commissioner Lori Shibonette on, you know, wh where that data is. We don't so believe that the, the booster data that... CDC is reporting is reflective of all the people that have gotten boosters in our state. Yeah, and I did confirm with the CDC there that is is true. Basically, what's happening, um, it's all kind of tied together. But um, some of these linkage issues we just discussed mean a lot of booster doses are getting tracked as first shots. Yeah, and you know, Ali, why does all of this matter in the state's fight against the pandemic? Right. So data is really important because um, you know individuals are making decisions about when to go grocery shopping, maybe based on the vaccination rate in their community and to not be able to know what that rate is. Um, I mean, we get emails on this, you know, it's, it's frustrating for people. It's hard for them to, to kind of calculate their risk in the way they would like to. It can also be difficult for um, local public health officials who are working to coordinate vaccine campaigns to know where to target those efforts um, if they don't have kind of accurate localized data. Okay. This is Morning Edition on NHPR. We are recapping this week's news with NHPR reporters Ali Pham and Josh Rogers. By the way, you can let us know your thoughts or questions for the news recap by sending us an email to voices at nhpr.org. Let's move on to some political news again from this week. Josh, you've been following a Republican-led House committee that is tasked with redrawing the state's election maps. They proposed a new map this week that would make the state's first congressional district significantly more Republican. Can you tell us more about what happens there? Well, uh, right now, the raw numbers uh, show that 
CD1, uh, the congressional district, the first congressional district, has about 18,000 more voters than CD2. But that needs to be rebalanced in some fashion. And um, but what Republicans have proposed to address that issue is a congressional map that would make CD1, the district now represented by a Democrat, Chris Pappas, a lot more Republican uh, by adding Republican towns, including Salem, Wyndham, Hudson, Atkinson, and subtracting Democratic areas from the district, including Portsmouth, Summersworth, Firm, and Dover. Um, the purported rationale is to reunify towns on the southern tier, uh, now divided between the districts. But the net effect is, you know, quite obvious that adapting these maps this way would make it very likely a Republican would represent New Hampshire in the first district, um, and that a Democrat would do the same in the second. That's what the map suggests, and that's really the thinking, if not always the stated aim of Republicans who see that the federal delegation has largely been Democrat for most of the last decade, and you know, they control the redistricting pen, so they can draw the maps they like within state and federal constitutional limits, and they're adamant that, that this map would meet that te those tests. Uh, you know, it also appeared to ensure they get a real you know, leg up in terms of controlling one of these seats, uh, at least for the next decade, barring, um, you know, dramatic uh, political changes in the state. Right. Now, Governor Sununu, a Republican himself, has promised to veto any congressional map that doesn't pass what he's called, quote, the smell test. But have we heard from him yet about the, the, the proposed congressional map that's on the table right now? Well, the governor did issue a statement, uh, didn't specifically address the aroma of these maps, but um, in essence, he said looking at these proposals, but is also uh, anticipating revisions, uh, which may be a recognition of where we are in the process, but also an indication that governor may not necessarily be fully on board with the scale of the changes proposed by Republicans. It's you know also worth noting that there's nothing in the record to suggest Governor Sununu is likely to go too far to buck the will of Republicans here. You know, recall that he's vetoed bills uh, that would have created independent redistricting commissions. And when he did so, he expressed confidence that, you know, a process that's always been partisan, uh, redistricting has always been that in New Hampshire, uh, sometimes more so than other times, has always achieved results. So I guess we'll see how engaged the governor chooses to get and also how engaged the public gets. Um, None of these maps or any other will come law for at least a few months. So the governor uh, has time to sort out his opinion. Right. And, and we've got some public hearings beginning uh, next week on that. And I know you'll be keeping an eye on it. Yes. Um, this week, the CDC officially recommended COVID vaccines for children ages 5 to 11. But, Ali, you've reported that parents should expect that the state's rollout for this age group will be slower and quite different from the rollout for adults earlier this year. Can you talk more about you know, what, what the recommendations are in, in vaccine rollout for children here in New Hampshire. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be necessarily slower than the rollout for adults. I mean, if you remember way early on, people were waiting months to book an appointment, but I think it's going to be slower than people expected. Um, you know, over the summer, you could just walk in and get a vaccine. And that's definitely not the case for the kids rollout. I mean, there's not all vaccine providers in the state um, have the children's vaccine. Um, we're not going to have those big state-run sites um, that we did for the adult rollout that could, you know, move thousands of people through per day. Um, and, you know, some providers right now, even though the vaccine has been approved, they're still waiting on their shipments. So, you know, it's, I think, a little bit of patience. People might have to wait 
um, a couple weeks, but the vaccine, you know, will, will be available at pharmacies. It'll be available at some doctor's offices. Not all of them have the resources to actually kind of stand that up. And there will also be um, some school-based clinics. Okay. Um, and, and the state's not expecting anywhere near the demand um, that we might've had back in February and March, I imagine. Right, exactly. And that's why they've said that they're, they don't need to have these state-run mm-hmm. sites is it's a smaller population. We know that uptake is also just, you know, lower um, in younger populations. Um, and again, a- we are an older state. <laughs> we have a lot more older <laughs> residents. We are, we are. Yeah. Uh, Doctors Chan and Talbot, by the way, um, Dr. Benjamin Chan and uh, Talbot are actually joining us next week on Morning Edition here. So I'm wondering, Ali, what questions you might have for, for the state epidemiologist? Yeah. Um, so I've been following a lot of the logistics of the rollout. And um, when it comes to that, I think I'm just a bit curious um, as to how many providers of the children's vaccine we have right now and how many they're kind of expecting to stand up. Um, I've just been seeing some different numbers and I'm a little unsure of where we're at there. And then um, the other question I have really circles back to some of the data issues, Rick, that we were talking about earlier um, and schools. So, I mean, Governor Sununu has said that schools can't um, ask for vaccination status of their students. And then given these data issues, they're just not going to have great data about rates in their communities either. So I think my question um, for Dr. Chan and Dr. Tal Talbot is, um, yeah, it's, you know, knowing that kids can get back, these young kids can get vaccinated. What is that going to mean for schools and their safety precautions? Mm. Um, and how are they going to make that those decisions when they're dealing with, you know, incomplete data? Right. I know you'll be watching it and we'll report back and we'll have much more of that, I'm sure, next week on the Friday New Hampshire News Recap. NHPR's health and equity reporter, Ali Pham, and our senior political reporter, Josh Rogers. Thank you both for joining us this morning. You're welcome. Thank you. you can find more of their work, by the way, and all the stories we talked about this morning at NHPR.org. And of course, tune in next week to Morning Edition to hear another round of the New Hampshire News Recap. I'm Rick Ganley, and this is NHPR.